Before we get too far into this, race tech, they got motor work, they got suspension work, get your bike sprung right for your weight and or speed. Uh, Pulp 21 is a code to save. You can save with parts, you can save with accessories, you can save with service. They can do your motor work, they can rebuild your motor for you, they can modify your motor for you. Same with suspension. Um, if it's been a while since you've torn that stuff apart, the oil is disgusting, the seals and bushings are worn out, and it is time, people, to make your bike uh, work a little better for you. And then if you do that... You, if you love your bike, your bike will love you back. And Pulp 21 is a code to save with Racetech. It's really easy to do. Uh, send it there. Go to a Racetech service center throughout the USA. Whatever it is, Racetech.com. Check out their website. Super, super informative. You can find out the right uh, spring rate that you need and everything else. So, yeah, Racetech.com, man. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you guys uh, checking these things out. And don't forget, there's a whole archive, Steve Mathis Classics, to check out as well. Three volumes of all the shows we've done. We've been podcasting since 2008. So, man, it's been a long time, and there's a lot of gold in those archives for you guys to check out. So, please... Check those out. Super appreciate it. Thank you to the folks at Fly Racing. Justin Brayton just uh, finishing up on the podium at Paris Supercross in his 2022 Fly Racing stuff. The Formula Helmet is amazing. And they have three different models of Formula Helmet as well now. Different shells, but different price points. But same great features and same great safety as well over there at the Fly Racing. So please check that out. They got gear that can... Uh, Really uh, satisfy any color or style demand that you have. Go to motorsport.com to grab yourself some fly gear or go to your local dealer and demand to see the latest and greatest from fly racing. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. If you saw the uh, stuff that I wore at the uh, uh, Glen Helen World Vets, that was the kinetic, kinetic line of stuff. So really looked good on the uh, blue crew. Thank you to Renthal, Maxis, Cobalinks, and motorsport.com as well for coming on this podcast. We'll talk more about those guys later. But uh, sitting across from me, he's in town tonight for the uh, Pulp Mech show, and we figured we would rattle off a few topics on a, on a solo 101 podcast to, uh, to make it a little bit easier for you people. Uh, it is Arena Cross champion, <laughs> NBC Sports, Eagle Grit, main event moto, Daniel Blair. What's up, man? Sitting across from you. Did I Not cover, on the did phone. I, did I cover it all? Probably quarter of it. I, yeah, I do yeah. other things too. Right, right. X mini moto dad. Yeah, X X dude. Yeah. So we saw your kid. He uh, broke his femur. Yeah. Uh, that's never. That's got. I look. I don't have any kids, but I, I imagine that's the worst to see your son laying on the track. You know, in tears and in, in a, with a massive injury. It How's was, that going? It was. It's good now. Um, I mean, obviously, we've got some time uh, that we've 
you know, from the injury. So we've worked past it. He's running around now. Therapy's going great. But, man, that was so brutal for me. It was like, I mean, I've been through two broken femurs. So I know that injury better than most. And when I came over the jump and saw him laying there, um, just asked him what hurt. And he said, my leg. And I, when I looked down and saw what I saw, I went, oh, man, we're in for, we're in for a rough probably a week at yeah. least because it's not yep. it, the, the impact in the injury is always brutal it's what happens on the way to the hospital and then when you're waiting in the hospital and then the surge it, it's just such a it's a shit week i can't imagine yeah that would be how's mom with this is she like is that it for bikes with mom like yeah that- I, i'm outnumbered pretty hard right now by him and her so uh she doesn't want to go through the injury stuff again she said it, she even said she's like you know with you it was always bad but like you know, whatever, you're replaceable. With him, he's not replaceable. And I'm like, wow. well, that hurts my feelings even more. But, yeah, she's right. So She's got a, she's got a point there. Yeah, she does. And yeah. he's not he's not stoked on it right now. And I know that'll come around. He'll want to ride probably again. But yeah. um, it'll take a while, and there's no pressure on my end because I, I'm – I just whatever he wants, I'm cool with. He went through a, he went through hell, and yeah. I'm just I'm just there to support him. And right now, he doesn't want to ride at all. He says he gets sick to his stomach thinking about it, and I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll just help him through it. Yeah, whatever he wants, right? And 100%. If he wants to ride again, cool, man. We got your bike still here. Yeah, know? and we weren't like all in. Like it wasn't like, man, yeah. we got to get ready for Ponca, or you know, for us, it was like there's nothing on the calendar pressing. So it's like when he feels like he wants to ride again, yeah. I'll ask him where he wants to go, and we'll go. But yeah. until then, it's it's, and it might be a while. He's not into it right yeah, now. Yeah, well, listen, I give him a golf club and see what. See what oh, he I did. Took him putting the other day, and we got we got work to do. It's it wasn't a great first day. He struggled, but uh, <laughs> he's got some work to do. Yeah, we got We're starting way behind on that one. Uh, I guess the big news for you, and we're gonna talk about it a little bit on the Pulp Show. But the big news is you you went in the booth for the final round, not final round, second last round yep. last year uh, at Salt Lake City with Carmichael. You were the uh, the play by play guy, and the news dropped a couple weeks ago. With the press release, and you're back in the booth for a, a limited amount of shows. Yeah, uh, the Olympics are happening. They're going to need somebody. I wonder, do you think they gave you that shot in anticipation of this year, or do you think that shot was something different? You did a good job with it. We all saw that, and then they were like, "Hey, we can use them for the Olympics." I I think it all f- fell into place just because it fell into place. Because what happened last year with that one race fill-in, that was more of a scheduling issue yeah. with Todd Harris. Yeah. So I think it, they might have thought that far ahead, but I don't yeah. know if they yeah. really did. But it all made sense now when they're looking at the calendar and they're like, hey, we have these four dates where Lee Diffie and Todd Harris are going to be doing the Winter Olympics. Instead of having to wonder what to do, now yeah. we know what to do because it worked once. Yeah. Hopefully it works four more times. And, so and you'll be better on your second one and your oh, third one and all of that. I just – I want to – I want to enjoy it. Like that first one was not enjoyable because I was a lot of pressure. But now that I have four, it's like I don't feel like, oh, my God, I better go do a great job. It's more like I get to go be myself a little bit more and not be so edgy. So I'm I'm pumped. And I'm glad they're all in a row so I can get in a rhythm and become that person instead of just jump in. Because, I mean, I'm guessing we'll talk about it on the Pulp Show. But people don't all the way understand the two roles very well. I get DMs sometimes from people and they're like, you know, I wish it was Emig and Carmichael, and it's like you guys need to yeah, understand it's, the, it's, what the roles mean. Yeah. And for me, I bounce around in so many roles that I never really get to be comfortable in one. The people who think that, and this 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 just totally uh, validates my theory. Most motocross people, supercross people, do not follow quote unquote normal sports. Right, they just don't follow it, so they don't know anything about how other sports work. I follow hockey and football and baseball, as do you. You follow all these different yep. sports. It is ridiculous to say that Carmichael and Emig like 
Think about any sport that you watch. It's, yeah, it's not going to be Romo and Aikman in there. Yeah, you yeah. need a play-by-play play yeah. uh, play guy to steer the ship. To get it's, you in and out. Yeah. And, and like, so like when I hear that, I'm just like, what are you thinking? Like, and th- so they just always tell me again, you know, you people don't, the most people in our sport are rebels. They're, they turn their backs on those type of mainstream right. sports to get into dirt biking in the first place. Right. They're looking for something and then they don't follow this other stuff. And then they're thinking, look, Carmichael's five time champ. Emming's a champ. I like both of them. God, why can't we have them together? And it's like, you could. Yeah. But you would need a play by play by play guy to steer it. Like, yeah. Back in the day when Ricky would right. go in the booth right. with Ralph and Jeff, yeah. that's it, why it made sense yeah. because Ralph was steering. Now, there is a guy from my favorite baseball team. He used to be a, a catcher for 20 years in the league, and he's the color guy, and he does play-by-play now. Uh, and once in a while, they'll, he'll go back to color. Hmm. But when he's play-by-play guy, like he he plays it straight, he, you know, just kind of what you did a yep. little bit. He doesn't offer his opinion too much on the uh, the game itself. He throws it to his guy. You know, that, that's yeah. a, that the next baseball player in the booth, and, and he rolls along. And this guy does both roles rather seamlessly, and he knows to stay in the lane. Well, and so. I think that's why I did get the chance to do it, because I was hosting Race Day Live as a play-by-play in a very weird way, though. Because when Holly was there, me and Holly would just kind of go back and forth because we were both racers. When Dan Hubbard came in... He would be more of your play-by-play because he's not the experienced one. So on Race Day Live, what we should have done from day one I, is switched. I've told you this before. I don't know. And I like Dan. Dan's awesome. The but reason why, why Dan, yeah. because I had the experience in the host chair for so long. And they didn't matter. want I, – I know, but, but <laughs> it worked out for me because I got a whole season worth of reps yeah. as a play-by-play. Even though once the riders were on track, I was not play-by-play anymore. I was the analyst. Yeah, we almost, yeah. It was this weird hybrid thing that we did. Um, so, so is race day back? Race, race day's day back, and Hubbard is the host, and I'm now the analyst in color for race day live. Oh, okay. So they so, did flip it. Yeah, okay, so yeah. rounds one through three, I will be color on race day live and then floor reporter, and then for rounds four through seven, I'll then go into play-by-play where, I, again, I have to be a different person. Yep. I have to stay in my lane. I can't be analyzing. That's Ricky's job. So. That's why I'm glad I get four yeah. because I get to f- become that guy and yeah. not have to in one night figure it out. I can like ease my way in, yeah. and by the third or fourth one, dude, I'm going to be play-by-play guy. Yeah. I'll be comfortable in right. the role, and, and then I'll go right back to being yeah. an analyst in Dallas. So it's, it's a mess, but the fans do need to really take a little bit of time, and a lot of them do, and understand the two roles and how different they are. Yep. And I mean, you, you, I feel you, like it's like a 70-30, 70 don't understand. 30% of our fans do get it. I wonder what it really, yeah, I wonder if you put a pull out and uh, I wonder, I don't even know how you could figure it out, but I can tell you right now, I've got a few DMs that are concerning when it comes to uh, <laughs> their, their depth of knowledge yeah. of the roles. Yeah. And I, I, and I have a hard time responding to those. I'm like, ah, how do I say this gently? Like, dude, you're, you're just way off on that. It's, that doesn't work. That's why you wouldn't have Lee and Ralph together. You wouldn't have Jeff and Ricky. Yeah. Okay. It's just, you guys, they need to know the roles, so. So the, on Race Day Live, the days you're gone, it sounds like Kristen Beat will be in and, and work with Hubbard on Race Day Live? I don't know the details of what that's going to look like yet oh. when I'm not there. So okay. I don't know what – I know she's going to be there for the season. She's going to be taking Ashley's uh, spot. Ashley's having twins, I think. Oh. Ashley Raynard? Oh, so okay. So Kristen's going to be Ashley's. Kristen, no, Kristen's Race Day Live full year. She's taking I Ashley Raynard's spot for the entire season, yes. Got it. Okay, good for her. That's yeah, awesome. and I'm so happy for right. her, and they're super uh, super stoked, right. too, because Kristen's super hard worker. You know, you know what I think they should do uh, for those four? Uh, rotate. Like, okay, so Blair's gone. Uh, Kristen's going to fill in Ashley's role, which is chiming in here and there. Mm-hmm. Bring in Osborne for a week. 
Bring oh, in be- Jeremy for a week. Bring in Wyndham for a week. Well, like, okay. Perfect. See, Brayton, when I moved up last year, yeah. Brayton, he was the analyst on Race right. Live the entire show. Yeah, yeah. And it was rad. And, it was and, great. and he had his own shirt. Remember? Yeah, right. yeah he did. <laughs> I know. It's classy Brayton. Yeah, I mean, Brayton, he's like that. So uh, I don't know I don't right. know what they're deciding on that because this is all pretty fresh, but, 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 but that'd be cool. But that's a great idea. Like, oh, yeah. And so bring in these guys that they're, they're, they're you know, you buy, them, buy them a plane ticket and whatever. And, and then they Well, go, so. and I'm going to be Anaheim, Glendale, Anaheim, Minneapolis. So. The Anaheims are easy, probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, there you go. I, I'm assuming the Kings would be rolling I, I, around there. I think there's some guys in town. Yeah, there might be SoCal? a few in time, and right. hate to say this, but there might be an injury or two by then yeah. too. And guys need to be there. Right. The pitchers on. So. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, four races in the booth for you, uh, play by play. That's that's awesome. That, that'll uh, be really cool to, for you to do it. You're working with RC, my buddy yeah. RC. Yeah, so, you're welcome. Yeah, Daniel Blair setting that up. I didn't. I think who else you got a problem with? I got you and Gypsy together. I'm working on Ombre. I'll did, get him. Did, did, did you do me and Gypsy? <laughs> well, I was in the. I was here when you oh, had him on the okay. show, yeah, and you yeah, guys. Yeah. I, I'm just. I'm the you matchmaker. Know, well, bro. you were. You were. Um, you didn't set it up, but but I I, I did schedule it for your show because I'm like, hey, Daniel knows him. It'll be. It'll smooth. It'll, it'll make it nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so that's a good point. Uh, I want to thank the folks at Renthal, of course. You probably use Renthal bars a little bit, Daniel, here and there. I mean, a love few, them, few times. except for now that Paul works there now, I want nothing to do with them. True. Renthal.com, please check them out. More championships uh, than all the other competing brands in the paddock. They've been around since 1969. And, of course, whether it's the sprockets, whether it's the chains, uh, the grips, uh, twin wall bar, 7 eighths bar, fat bar, fat bar 36, Renthal.com will have you covered. they got a really cool chart on their website on Renthal.com to look at bar bends and the, the measurements of other different bends, and, and you can... F- Pick your bend that suits you. So please check out Renthal.com. And, of course, Max's Tires, SGB, Max's Honda, Kay Clayson, Jace Kessler, Alex Ray, the cat, all on, on Max's Tires this, this year. Should be fantastic to see the, the Cade A-Ray battles each week in Supercross. That's why I'm, that's why I'm signing up to work 2022. Uh, it, only reason. Uh, and please check out Maxis.com for more information. Mountain bike tires as well. Light truck tires, trailer tires. The Jeremy McGrath helped develop that MXST that those guys use. So you know it's got to be pretty good. So thank you to Maxis and, of course, Cobalinks and Motorsport.com here with Daniel Blair. Um, yeah, so that'll be cool for you. Um, all right, changing topics a little bit here. Uh, something that we were laughing about before the show was, so you're a privateer, longtime privateer guy uh, in the sport and, and doing arena cross, doing supercross, everything else. And then you get the call to fill in for Geico Honda, and I don't really know how that came about, but you'll tell us a story in a second. I'm sure you've told me. I've just forgotten. So you get the call to fill in for Geico Honda on a 250, um, and you know it's a great opportunity, of course, factory bike, all that deal. And then Davey Coombs at Racer X is like, hey, man, to me, hey, Mathis, go write a feature on Daniel Blair getting this <laughs> ride. I'm like, what? We knew you were in a band. We knew you had the main event band yep. and, and all of that. And I'm like, I don't know. I know, obviously, knew of you, but I'm like, I don't know this guy at all. But I got your number, give you a call. You were you were super cool on the phone, and I painted it like, hey, you were you were playing the uh, what club was that in Hollywood? Um, Wasted space. No, it wasn't that. It was knitting, the knitting club or something. Uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, knitting factory. Knitting is what factory. we played in Hollywood. Yeah, in Hollywood. You were telling me about that show that you yep. had done not that long before that interview, and and so I I sort of thought about that, and then thought about being on stage there, and then thought about being on stage at Geico and. Now racing for the factory team and built it all into that story. Talked about your band a little bit. Anyways, long story short, yeah, you filled in a Geico Honda. But, like, some of your stories about riding there, and those guys are great. My Shack and those dudes are great. But, like, it really was just like, hey, kid, uh, yeah, here's a bike. Good luck. Like, it was like, the best, worst experience right. of my life. And it's funny that you and I are talking about it now because I remember you calling me to do that article. Yeah. And we didn't know each other. Again, I knew of you. You knew of, uh, of me. Yeah. But then now to be 
all these years later. That was 2009. So we're talking oh, 12 geez. years yeah. ago, man. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm here with you and we're going to laugh about this story that you wrote. Cause I, yeah. And I just went through the this like box I had of old stuff. I have a random Davey Millsaps jersey from like, <laughs> he must have been an amateur. I don't know what's doing in this box, but I found the magazine and I read the article. I'm like, dang, that's so crazy yeah. that you wrote that. Yeah. Um, and that was like in the middle of it while it was kind of happening. So yeah, kind of like I relived a little bit while reading the article. But yeah, it was a... Uh, it was a good experience in the fact that I got to be a factory guy yeah. and all the perks, like my Fox gear shows up in a bag and yeah. all these goggles and helmets. and b- That was cool, but the actual racing experience, it was probably one of the worst yeah. couple months of my entire life. Yeah, it, which is crazy to think about that, right? Because the, they didn't let you test, so it's like, here's a bike. Well, and I, and I, I made a, a poor decision, one big bad decision that I wish I could have redone, but... I was at that time privateer, super close with Tommy Hahn and getting to be close with Will Hahn and Ryan Sipes, but closer with Tommy. And Tommy's like, yeah, dude, stay at my house. And I'm driving around in a van, right? Yeah. So I'm staying at Tommy's house. Will's there. Ryan's there. And I had a good little riding thing with them, and I liked it. So when I got the deal, I'm thinking, this factory bike, I'm going to shred. Just send all the stuff to Texas. I want to ride with Will yeah. and, um, and Ryan. Yeah. I could have gone back to SoCal probably a couple more weeks and got the time in because once I finally did test before the showdown later, yeah. later at the end of this whole thing, got the bike really good, but I could have got that done early right. if I would have made that decision. But I'm thinking factory bike, this thing's going to be so bitching. Just send it to Texas yeah. so I could ride with my guys because I have a good program going. And then it was a six-week run of just yeah. hell. I couldn't ride yeah. the bike. It was so hard to ride. And I never got a chance to fix it because we were fixing it on race day. I mean, yeah, dude, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times they were revalving the bike in between practice and the night show. Yeah. Because I'm just like, dude, I can't feel the ground. Like, right. soften this thing <laughs> up. Um, so, yeah, a, a bad experience. For? Do you remember? Who was it? Metcalf. Metcalf. Okay, yeah. Which, Metcalf. by the way, anyone that knows Brett knows he's a great guy. Let me tell you a little bit about him that will make you think even more. The first week when I did get, I got the tryout and then I got to ride the next day and like, I think I tested like foot pegs and like bar mounts. That yeah. was all I got to test. He was coming from therapy on his wrist and showing up at the track and like working on the track and watering it for me yeah. as I'm filling in on his bike. And we didn't have a friendship. Yeah. We had like a hello, nice to right, see you thing. Right. But dude, he w- he came both days to help me with the track and yeah. water and oh, just many, ans- and many. I'm just just a, a what a dude. Yeah. He was so nice and even would answer my call during the week when I was bitching about things. Such a good guy, and you don't see a guy who gets hurt and ruins his entire Supercross season, yeah. and he's out there just helping me. Like I just no. so I always remember that part of the story as being really great. He was just an awesome person. So, yep. but yeah, just a rough time because it was like your my chance. You know, yeah. it was like my opportunity of a lifetime. I'd worked for forever. I was twenty six. I've been a privateer since I was sixteen. Yeah, and then you get on a bike that you're terrified of because it's five horsepower faster than anything I've ever ridden. And, and then the forks like were so damn fours stiff. Oh, forks. dude, it's just, yeah. my hands were going numb three laps into the main event. And I was in shape that year. Yeah. I really was. Yeah. I mean, I was getting top tens on my own bike. And then on this thing, I couldn't hold on. Were you on a Honda or what were you on? I was on a Honda. On a Honda I was so. on a privateer Honda with a 265 big board kit you, in it. Did you find out why your name got thrown in the hat for that or how that came together? So crazy story. I, um, after Indianapolis, I knew that Metcalf was out and it was going to be a, for the year. Yeah. And I, a friend of mine got a email, uh, got Kibby's email address from a friend. It was like a friend okay. of a friend got his email address. And I just emailed Kibby was a motor guy at the time. Kibby yeah. was a motor guy. And I just like poured my heart out in this long email. Just give me a chance, man. I mean, I'm, and, and if you can't, can I have a clutch? Like my bike's, my clutch is fried. <laughs> it was like so low budget. And yeah. I was, 
like ninth in points. Yeah. And I wrote this long email, and he emails me, or maybe calls me back, right, yeah. right away, and yeah. it's just like, man, I would love to put you on this bike and give you a shot, but I think we already have somebody, and I think we're already kind of like, we're past yeah. the decision-making, yeah. like we're, we're getting them ready, yeah. and yeah. it was Steve Boniface. Oh, okay. And I didn't know that at the time. He wouldn't say who it was. He's like, <laughs> we're going in another direction. Yeah. And I was just like, I didn't even... I didn't even care because yeah. I, I wasn't invested in yeah. it happening. Yeah. I just swung for the fences and missed, whatever. Hour later, J.C. Waterhouse calls me. And, Daniel, what's up? Uh, hey, Kibby just forwarded me your email. And uh, where are you right now? And I'm like, uh, I don't know where. I don't even yeah. remember where I was. I was leaving Indy. Okay, can you be at an airport, like, tomorrow morning? I'm like, yes. He's like, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to fly you to Southern California. Here's what we're going to do. We have someone in mind that we already think we're going to go with, but we're going to give you a chance. We're going to give you one day on the bike. You're going to do a test for us and we'll make a decision. And if it, if it works out, we'll, we'll give you a shot. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then we'll fly you to Daytona. And my buddy Hobo Nick of all people yeah. was in the van and dropped me off at the airport and he drove to Daytona with all my stuff just, yep. just in, in case. case. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I fly to SoCal, Ryan Morris, good friend of mine since we were kids. I'm like, dude, can I stay at your house? And so I stay at his house that night. Um, Watch a bunch of videos of the Honda track because I know I'm riding the Honda track and I'm I'm watching. I'm like, dude, this track's got some big booters on it, man. Like, yeah. okay, where? Are they, okay, how are they hitting that? I'm, I'm like studying this. Yeah. I show up the next day and the track is like all freshly groomed. The bike's there with a brand new tire on the back, and I'm like, you know, what's what's the deal? Like, oh, well, the other guy we were considering, we had him come out this morning and we put him through a test, and you're going to do the exact same thing that he did. Okay. We're going side by side. Tracks reprepped. It's watered. Brand new tire, and we're going to do a 15 minute practice. A six-minute heat and a fifteen-minute main. We're not going to tell you anything. You're on your own. That Just, was that was it though. That's all the riding. That's all. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah. And Kibby was there. Brian Kranz was there. Yeah. He was my. He ended up being my mechanic. He yep. was Metcalf's mechanic. Right. Um, JC Waterhouse was there, and I think it might have just been them three. And um, they didn't tell me a word. They they didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. Do that jump or hit that line over. Yeah. It was like you're on your own. Figure this out, and we want to see how you figure it out. And every lap of that day was on a stopwatch. And I'm just so nervous, dude. Like, chance of a lifetime, yeah, factory dude, bike I'd yeah. never ridden ever. Yeah, yeah. And I remember getting on the bike and riding practice, like the track, and I'm like, okay, got to hit these big jumps. And I, yeah. I studied. So I'm just out there just sending triples and quads all over this crazy track. And I get off, and the only thing I could think of my, in my head is I can't hold on. Like, yeah. this thing is so stiff, it, there's no suspension at yeah, all. Yeah. It's just, it don't move. Was this after practice? Yeah, this is after yeah, my 15-minute yeah, yeah. little yeah. warm-up of right. learning the track. Right. And I'm going, dude, I'm, I'm, I can't make – I'm going to look like, like I'm out of shape, yeah. and I'm not. I'm, right. like, ready for this. So I go out and do the heat race, six-lap little deal, and I'm fine. I yeah. go out and do the 15-minute main, and I remember, like, halfway through, dude, my arms were pure rocks. And I'm like, <laughs> I think I'm just going to crash because I can't hold on, but I'm not going to give up. Yeah. So I charged all the way to the end, and, dude, I, I came off and was damn near in tears because I was like, dude, I just looked like a failure. Like, yeah. I – I can't oh, hold wow. on. So, my yeah, arm, so, I, I thought I flopped. Yeah. They said, hey, good job, I'm, you know, whatever, and uh, just go, you know, have dinner tonight, and we'll call you and let you know what we decide. Yeah. So I get my gear off, talking to Kranz and Kibby, and I'm leaving the place, and J.C. Waterhouse is, like, pulled on the side of the road by the Honda track, yeah. and he's just on the phone, and I'm assuming he's talking to yeah, somebody, factory connection yeah. guys or whatever. Yep. Dude, before I even get to the freeway, he calls and goes, yeah, so... Uh, it's yours if you want it. We're gonna we'll fly you to Daytona. You'll race for us uh, for the rest of the season. No contract, you know, no money, but we'll cover your flight. We'll cover yeah. all that stuff, and 
We're going to give you a shot. No, no per race money, anything? Nothing? Not a dollar. Wow. And it was worse for me because then I'm like, now I'm kind of like hanging with Tedesco and Tommy and Will, and they're eating like baller steaks the night before, yeah. and I'm eating McDonald's on my own. Yeah. So it actually financially got worse for me. Yeah, I had to I would, start eating more expensive. I'm surprised they didn't say, hey, it's 500 bucks a race or something. Nothing. Because I know some of those deals are, uh, fill-in deals are like, hey, we're going to give you 2 k for all your travel. You know what I mean? And you usually, if you cheap out on your travel, you can take some home. You know what I, I mean? Like, it was like, yeah, nothing. nothing. It was flight, yeah. hotel, um, rental car, and yeah. that was it. That I mean, it. there was no bonus. There was nothing. It was like, you get yeah, to ride because, this bike because for Because even the races. purse money in 250 Supercross isn't good. Oh, so and it, the Honda yeah. contingency wasn't good either. Yeah. So for me, it, this, was, this was nothing but a chance yeah. to ride a factory bike and like, prove myself. I know right? one of the stories you told me too, brand new boots. Oh, <laughs> oh, the worst thing ever. Daytona, okay, so I boots. was wearing no fear boots. Yeah. No. Did they have boots? They did. They well, did. Yeah, yeah I, I was wearing no fear boots, no fear gear. And those things were like tennis shoes, dude. They were not yeah. very strong. I get to Daytona and they let me know cuz remember I I rode the next day. Yeah. I got to stay one day, ride the bike for one day and then flew to Daytona. When I got there, they let me know, "Oh, by the way, you have to wear Garnet SG12s. It's part of our contract, so here's a brand new yeah. pair. This is before practice this, at Daytona. This, this seems like something should have been handled beforehand. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. I, is there anyone on this team with a nine? And there yeah. wasn't. Like, Blake Wharton was my teammate, and he had, like, an 11 or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what yeah. am I going to do? Right. So, factory bike, all the pressure, new boots, and Daytona. And I'm not an outdoor guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's like my worst place on the planet would be Daytona, and that's my first one. <laughs> and I whole shot my heat and let it till like a lap and a half to go. Purcell, Stroop, and Will Hahn all got me like on the last lap. Oh, yeah, I yeah. almost won the heat race. Yeah. I just, can it was like a moment. If, can you imagine if you would have won it? Like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't feel my feet. I couldn't feel my hands. Yeah. But, dude, my heart was pumping, and they got me, and I got fourth in my heat. And then the main, I don't, I don't remember what happened, but it was bad. I, yeah. I couldn't hold on. It was the same, same problem I had for the whole damn yeah. thing. So, yeah. But it was just an opportunity of a lifetime that had so many problems to it that I didn't know at the time. Yep. You know, I, yep. I grew up riding my dad's suspension my whole life. Yeah. Like, my dad did my stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I had tailored, soft, very soft stuff for yeah. me. And now I'm riding on stuff that makes no sense with a bike that was so fast I could barely hold on. Yep. So it was just the, the perfect storm to be horrible. Yep. And... It's funny, in my, in my article, I don't remember you really talking at, at all about how horrible it was. I, I mean, I was I, the whole time, they were convincing me that I would get over it. Oh, it's just new. You'll get over it. You'll get every Yeah, don't worry about it. You'll get over it. So I had this like attitude that it was more my problem, yeah. that I needed to get over it. But when your arms are going numb on the third lap, that's not a, that's not a me problem. There's something else going on because I was crushing it on my own bike not getting tired at all yeah. i mean i made a 450 main that year too and never got tired right. so at the time i'm thinking that it's just me but in hindsight you see things a little bit differently mm-hmm. and in hindsight it was just so many little things that i yeah. should have done differently especially yeah, speak with speaking up, up. I, yeah. I never sp- yep. i i yep. was very very right. gentle with my speaking up and, and you know honestly i mean these fill-in rides happen all the time with privateers getting shots and i think they're all like you i don't think that any of them are just they're just happy to be there, right? Yeah, and I and I was I was happy because it was cool, but I was depressed because my results stayed the same. Like I was yeah, getting sevenths yeah. and eighths, right. and I was doing that on my own bike. Yep. So I, I this was supposed to get me into the top five and get me on the podium. Yeah. And New Orleans, I should have. I mean, I ran second for five laps. I think I ran third for eleven or twelve minutes, and then got eighth. I think right. just faded. Yeah. Like I mean, just couldn't hold on anymore. Yeah. So. It was a, it was a big like 
I'm pumped, but I'm also miserable at the same time because this is the end. Like, I'm looking like a flop, and I'm, this isn't really me. And if I would have, again, tested and what got the bike this? dialed. Oh, nine. Oh, nine, yeah. So, um, and it's crazy because I, I, I did fight them on little things. I was like, hey, is there a chance I could maybe not run kit forks and just run some standard? They're like, oh, contract. We can't even do that. Yeah. So they wouldn't let me do that. And then come to find out the problem the whole time, and I don't know internal suspension. You might, you'll know this way better, but there's like top-out springs, right? That. Uh-huh. That was the whole problem. They were super stiff yeah. to where no matter what they did, it still felt rigid the whole time. So after the six rounds of the East where I feel like I flopped, I got to go to the Honda track before the show, the shootout or the showdown, yeah. whatever, and I got to test for like three days, and we did all this testing. Nothing worked until they changed the top-out springs and put them to stock. And then immediately it was the, the softest forks yeah, of all time. So that, right away. Yeah. Well, then we got to go back up on the springs, and we got the, right. the valve. Everything got to go back up to normal. And then I loved the bike for one race. Yeah, it was yeah. Vegas. Right. And, I, and I told them, I said, look, this is, my, this is a West Coast race, East versus West. I got family and friends coming. I can't suck at this. Like, this bike has to get better. And Mike LaRocco was actually a big help with that. Yeah. He, he stood up for me and kind of got, you know, he kind of pushed for me to get what I wanted. And then once I got what I wanted, I rode the bike great. Vegas was, it was, good. It was yeah. the best I rode yeah. all year. And then... That was then, it. I walked away and it was over. Yeah, that was it. And then you made off with all the gear and everything else. Oh, and, and I sold a bunch yeah, yeah. on eBay, right. too. Yeah, the helmets, everything. <laughs> I had to make something good out of it. So. It's crazy that it was no money, though. Like, I get it. Like, those things never are. But no money? Like, nothing? You know what I mean? Like, that. that's uh, that's crazy to me yeah. that, that they would want a kid to try to live on the seventh place in the main is 300 bucks, <sighs> right? Three, yeah. 400 bucks? Like, it, I think that they would want, they'd be like, hey, we're going to expect you to live on 300 a week. I, I think it was one of those deals where this yeah. is what it is, and you could take it or leave yeah, it, guess, and I what guess. was I going to do? Not Did you ever take find it? out what happened, if it was Boniface in the morning? Or, it was Boniface okay. in the morning, and I don't know the exact details on why I got it. Because, honestly, Boniface is pretty good soupy, soupy guy. He, well, he was riding 450 West that year for TLD oh, okay. and was doing good. Yeah, yeah. But I think they had already had him at one point. Remember when he yeah, came yeah, here, yeah, he, he was a, yeah. so there might have been something where it was like, well, yeah, we're going to take him, but uh, this isn't the email. greatest thing. It was your email. Dude, the email, it, yeah. it was potent, it was, dude. It was good. Like, if you read it, yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd just, water it. I like, poured like out your we, eyes. Uh, like a movie of the week. Almost. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was it dra- <laughs> It was dramatic. And the cool thing is, is I'm still tight with Kibby. Yeah. Um, in fact, you did a pod with him recently, and I called him right after and had a great talk yeah. with Kibby. I, I love Kibby. Yeah. He was great. Everybody there was great yeah. to me. It yeah. was just the circumstances. We yeah. were in the middle of a championship. It was six quick weeks. I didn't want to go back to SoCal to test like an idiot. I should have went back. If I would have went back for one yeah. week, I probably could have ironed it all out. Yeah. yeah. And then probably had a good four or five round run where, again, I was legit three to five speed. I just couldn't do it for very long. Yeah. So it would have been a better decision. But I, dude, I had a great program. Will and Sipes, dude, we were, we had a good training was program. Sipes, what was Sipes on at this point? Uh, they were both MDK, K- KTM. KTM, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, it, it's all revealed now, but we were riding each other's bikes during the week because they were like, let me ride that thing. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because then Will goes to Geico eventually and wins a title. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, but they all, they both liked my bike better than theirs, and I actually liked theirs better than <laughs> I did. <laughs> that's funny. So. Uh, Daniel Blair on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, presented by the folks at motorsport.com and Cobo Links. Cobo Links, man, they make lowering suspension links from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. They've been doing it uh, for a long time now, and if you use the code PulpMX, you can save at, at CoboLinks.com, K-O-U-B-A, links.com. Uh, these are uh, lowering suspension links, so if you are shorter of stature, <laughs> 
It's why are you looking at me? I don't know. Uh, I don't ride. If, so if you if you have a, a girlfriend or a wife who wants to be able to touch the ground on their bike, if you want to have more confidence, improve your plushness, uh, improve your cornering, all that kind of stuff, look into Cobalinks. The bolt right up any model. Use the code Pulpamex to save Cobalinks.com. And thanks to the folks at Motorsport, of course. Uh, free shipping on anything over seventy nine bucks. Uh, they've got a lot of special deals going on. They have a whole pulp section uh, on their website, pulp nation uh, section on their website. So you can save with those guys. They got great deals. Easy return policy. OEM on aftermarket parts. Uh, they've got it all. Motorsport.com. Filthy Phil Nicoletti chooses Motorsport, so I don't know why, why you don't. Because if they put up with his bitching, they can certainly put up with your order. Um, thanks to <laughs> Motorsport.com. Um, hey, you point. Do- That's a great yeah, point. Thank you. You've been doing uh, Enduro Cross a little bit. And yeah. that series came back. It's over now. Uh, nice to see it come back. I like that thing. I always tell people, like, I went to the Vegas one here every year that it was here uh, for the ticket price, which, I mean, I got free tickets, but I saw the ticket mm-hmm. prices. For the ticket price and the venues, how close you are, though, that's a great night of entertainment. It really it is, is. underrated, yeah, dude. It is. I mean, because— It's just carnage. All the time. <laughs> and I got to tell you right now, quick story before we get into the Endurocross yeah. stuff. We just got done with the series, wrapped it all up. Yeah. Uh, Colton Haker, he won pretty easily because Tristan Hart was— giving him a run for his money. Then he got hurt, so he was out. So the pro class turned into kind of like, a, well, let's just finish this out. But the amateur intermediate class, which is weird because it's like if you qualify in the day, you get to race with the intermediates. But if okay. you don't, then you have to go to the amateur. So okay. it like, it's a class that splits at yeah. night. Yeah. That was a class that was being edited for TV. So it was all live streamed with Flow Sports, but then it's being edited for MAV. So we chose that class as being the other one other than the pro class to feature because yep. there's always like 50 dudes and right. it's just chaos. The last main event of the season came down to these two amateurs. They were like tied in points. <laughs> Somehow they are together on the last lap and they T-boned and took each other out twice <laughs> on the last lap to where in the last corner it was whoever got up first won the title. No way. It was yeah, the yeah. gnarliest, the crap. I mean, yeah. It doesn't get better than that as yeah. far as watching entertaining racing is right. these two amateurs thrashing each other, T-boning. They already have a hard time getting around it in general, but now they're killing each other for this intermediate title. Yeah. But there's bunch of that throughout the night. So it's not just the pros. You're watching amateur dudes go for it that aren't ready to go for it. So it's <laughs> it's incredible. Um, this yeah. year was the first year I did it live. It, it's been voiced over the last two years. Yeah. So I would go back to Chicago. Uh, Glenn Selig, Digital Realm, That's he's the guy who first got me into TV in the first place, You know, mentioned me as a possible audition for Arena Cross back yep. in 2014. So I've made a deal with him that I'll do whatever you ever want. If you're doing women's water polo, call you're, me. You're I'm in. there. Yeah, I'll yeah. do whatever you want. I owe him everything. Yeah. So anything he's got, I'll do it. So a couple years ago, hey, you want to do Enduro Cross? And I didn't know these guys. I didn't yeah. know it. Sure. Oh, by the way, you're doing it by yourself. Like, I did the whole show like Weech oh, does. Yeah, really? Okay. So I never yeah, had an yeah. analyst or a yeah. play-by-play. It was just me for an hour voiced over. And I liked it, but I kind of was like, I feel like this would be more fun live. Like, the call would be yeah. better and all that. And he's like, well, this year he's like, well, lucky timing. It's going to be live and edited yeah. for TV. So this year it was going to be just me by myself again, but live, which I was stoked on. Kristen Beats there. Yeah. So me and her, we great chemistry. Well, right before the first round, find out that Cody Webb got hurt. But he wanted to go and was willing to do TV with me. So I'm like, sick. He'll be the yeah. analyst. It's Cody Webb. He's right. a legend. Yeah. So me and Cody and had. He's a good dude. Smart guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, super yeah. intelligent yeah. and great yeah. uh, on TV. Like, yeah. just absolutely crushed it. So me and him just had 
it was just it was the most fun I've ever had doing any kind of commentating yeah. because the atmosphere's loose, they're crashing, we're making fun of these yeah, riders. Yeah, yeah. And we knew which races were gonna be edited to TV, so we would get more serious. But then in like the vet classes and the kids and the women, we just we would go just, ham and yeah. just bag on and make I mean, I have a couple things I thought afterwards would maybe get me in trouble. It was <laughs> maybe like, cross the yeah, line. Yeah, cross the line a little bit. So it was cool. And then he missed one for a wedding, so I did one on my own. And then the very end, he got healthy and came back and raced the last two. So I did the last two again on my own. Right. But doing them live, it was so much fun yeah. because the racing is really cool. It's slow mile per hour. What's, so these, what, what cities were they? What towns were they? Oh, man. So Tulsa, Amarillo, um, Prescott Valley, Arizona, yeah, which yeah. I didn't even know what that was. Yeah, I landed, I've been there. I, I yeah. flew into there, and I was yeah. like, this place is sick. <laughs> um, Reno, which okay. was cool. Yep. And then Denver was the finale, okay. two-nighter in Denver. Yeah, yeah. And um, just a rad series. I think it's underrated. I think... Crowd's good? Crowd's good? Pretty good. Yeah. Hit or miss. There was a yeah. couple that were eh, and yeah. then there was a couple that were right. crazy. Yep. So the series, it's like primed to do well. They need another good guy or two. Yeah. If Webb would have been in there the whole time and then maybe this, there's this Billy Bolt dude who apparently yep. is gnarly. Yep. If there was what a about few Wally more, Palmer? Wally was there. Wally's a legend. He was there. In fact, he might be one of the ones I got in trouble. I said some things that... I, Wally's a legend. He's a legend. He but, sends it. And, and he, has, he had a really bad attitude after this one heat race and I just went off on him <laughs> just because he was on the camera and I wasn't I supposed to say. He was going ham. He was pissed. <laughs> But he's wild, dude, and he he missed the first half, but then he got in like halfway, and then got better. And by the end, dude, he was he yeah. was Wally again. Yeah, he's wild Wally. He was rad, yeah. though. But series is cool. Yeah. I, I I I want it to grow because it's like you said, it's very it's, entertaining. It, it is, man. It's 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 cool to go to it. Especially dude, if you got a family, like little kids or whatever, like t- like there's always gonna be action. Yeah, and they got a little kids class too. So Jeff Aaron's little kid Murphy Aaron is okay. out there on a trials bike, like just crushing so, it. So yeah, 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 just yeah. fundamental like. Yeah, Dude. remember remember those early enduro crosses like Rhino and Dowdy would show up, right? Huffman, Damon Huffman did them. Yeah, I, and then they had the the Destry Abbott and Jeff Aaron and those guys. Like it was a cool. Little it mix. was cool, and it's 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 primed for that again. It's like yeah. ready to to take a big leep. Yep. Destry's kid, Cooper Abbott. Yep. Top three dude. He's bad. He yep. won a main this year. Hager. I mean, the the good guys in enduro cross are psycho good. Yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. ride those tracks like they're nothing. I can barely walk it, yeah. and they're just like yeah. wheeling through the log. I mean. They're truly talented, and it was honestly the the funnest thing I've ever done is doing enduro cross TV. Right. It's incredible. Money good, get, get, make it uh, good enough for me to be happy. And then again, my loyalty and commitment to Glenn is like, I mean, I I, I don't want him. Hopefully, he doesn't hear this, but I would do it for free for him. But <laughs> oh, I don't. Yeah, hopefully, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he won't hear this, but uh, <laughs> I would do it for free for him. But I, it's okay. It's pretty right, good. Right. Um, also, um, you're in you're in an interesting spot because you obviously you do all this work for Feld and the TV and everything else. And like me, I'm just Pulp MX. I'm just the guy screaming from the press box and ranting and raving. And mm-hmm. I got no, nobody to satisfy and I can do whatever I want basically. Mm-hmm. Right. You are Moto Media, your main event Moto podcast, but you're also, you know, working for Feld and NBC and, and you have more access to ride. Like if, if I don't, if a rider doesn't like me, I don't really care. I'll never need to talk to him ever again. But mm-hmm. you need to talk to these guys to make your TV shows and, and all that. Not necessarily need to, but it's good to do it. Uh, so you got to balance all that. And then you got your brother yelling and screaming Ugh. sometimes. So is that pretty difficult for you to, to do? It, depending on who the guest is. So for Main Event Moto, it's me and my producer, Joe. When it's just me and him, it's very easy to control the yep. conversation. My brother causes me trouble a little bit. Um, Hobo Nick has caused me a little bit of trouble. 
Um, Stank Dog got me in real big trouble one time. <laughs> I can't just odd. Uh, and I mean, to where someone made a call because they were not happy with what he said, and I got in trouble for not correcting him because okay, yeah, he yeah. threw something pretty heavy out. So I know what you're asking is how do I balance yeah, it's, it's not, playing the? It's, and, just, and, it's difficult. It is, and and I've and I've. I made the decision a long time ago. I'm going to have to be a bridge in between the fans. Because if you're on a podcast and if you want to be successful, you got to talk to the fans. And the fans, you know what they want to hear. you got to entertain them in a way that's probably a little riskier than the things I would obviously say on Race Day Live or on the broadcast. So I'm kind of a bridge between the corporate world of our sport and the fan base. And I've just found that fine line, and I've always kind of sat right on it, where I'll say some risky stuff. And I mean... Last year, Christian Craig at Houston Pulp Show. He remember he called me out for talking bad about him on my podcast. I mean, he called me out on it because he heard that I said something about his podcast. So I know what you're saying is I have to be honest with the fans and yeah. call a guy out if I have to. But knowing that they hear these things, it's scary because I do got to go talk to him the next week yeah. before the race. Yeah. So it's it. Believe it or not, it, I know it comes across somewhat natural. It's not. I really have to be attentive to the things that I say and make sure that I stay. Yeah. Raw enough for the fans, but corporate enough to not get myself yeah. in trouble. So yeah. it's, See, I don't have it's to worry brutal. About that. I don't got to worry yeah. about that. I just do whatever I got to do. Must be right. nice because right. I have to think about everything that right. I say on the podcast. On the broadcast, I don't. That's easy. But on my podcast, I have to be pretty careful. Does the main event moto make you enough money to to make you uh, uh, have these issues? You know what I mean? Like, does it does it does it do well enough for you where you're like? Okay, I need. I want to keep doing it because you know it's fun, and also I'm making some money on it. It's fun. It it makes enough to fill in some gaps, but it doesn't make a living. Okay. So yeah. Put it this way: if it, it couldn't stand alone, right. no way. No, no. So it, it it serves a perfect per- uh, purpose. I get to hang with my friends. We get to we get to BS about the racing. Get to make a little bit of cash. Yeah. And I do enjoy doing it because it's podcasting's it's yeah. fun, right? right? I mean, that, you you enjoy what you do, <laughs> so I love it. But it doesn't stand alone as it could be its own thing. It's it's it fills a gap. Yeah, yeah. So and that's as far as it will ever go because again, my commitment is to my job, and this is more. Yeah. It, it's a hobby that pays a little bit. It's not like a job as much. Yeah, I just I, I ask these questions because I know that you know the bosses listen or they hear. Then most likely they hear, and then it, they also hear wrong a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't imagine trying to do my show and then also trying to put on my hat for Feld every week. Like, you know how I am. Like, I just, I'd be like, uh, yeah, sorry. Like, uh, you know, oops. Well, oops, and oops. it's funny you say so. that because there's a lot of times, you know how this goes, where we have information of things that we know have already happened or are happening. And we just can't say all the way until it's time to say. For me, I wait till you say things a lot before I say things even on my own podcast because I know that once you say it, I'm not going to be the one that dropped something first to get in trouble and have to retract because I have to play that game a little bit. So for me, I don't need to rush to be the first to come out with info. I follow you when you're like, hey, the Eli Tomac, the Yamaha thing is done. That's when I'll be like, yeah, the Yamaha deal is done. Like I might tease it, but I'll never come out and say something because I can't stick my neck out because I do have that other side that I have to appease, which is – the more professional side, which again you would get in trouble for, <laughs> and that's why you're lucky you have the freedom to not have to worry about it. But I have yeah. to be more careful, yeah, even with the, even with info like that. Oh, dude, there's so much like there's so much stuff that is not a big deal, and if and you know you follow mainstream sports just as much as I do, if not more. And mm-hmm. there's things that you're just like, yeah, man, th- we're a professional sport, and this is something that I'm saying, 
And, you know, I, I sh- this is perfectly normal, but in our sport, it's like, oh, my God, like, they freak out. And you're just like, yeah, but this is really nothing. Calm down. Like, yeah. Like, I said, you're switching gear companies, bro. Like, who cares? Well, you know because you, I mean? you ruined someone's press release yeah, or something yeah, yeah. But, like but, that. And but, I, but, again, ESPN ruins press releases every single that's day. That's their job yeah, is to ruin you know press I mean? like, releases. So. Like, like, yeah, if you don't want to ruin a press release, then do a better job. Because yeah. obviously you're not. I, I, heard I think it. it's just the system of how our sport works where everyone's very protective over things that they probably don't need to. And you're the one that's kind of like knocking that door down and kind of banging that door down a little bit. And then that's how it should be. I mean, you're, you're, you're a journalist in the sport. And if you have information that you have, you want to come out with it. But at the same time, we got to protect feelings because everyone's so close in this sport that feelings yeah. get hurt sometimes. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's silly and yeah. weird. and. It, I don't have to worry so much about it, but yeah, your job is difficult. You're balancing well, all that act. I just so, follow you know, what you just, say. So you when just, you say it, I say it. You're so. doing a good job of balancing that. But you know, for me, for breaking stuff, like, like if I, if obviously, I'm, if I found out that AC, if AC told me, "Hey, man, I'm switching helmet companies." Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm and, going and to so, a ride or don't, something. Don't say anything. Then I don't say anything because I did zero detective work. I did no investigative work. I heard it directly from the source, and he told me not to say anything, and I'm going to honor that friendship and not say anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that's going on, so if something else comes up, I'll kind of hint, you know, I'll be like, ah, I think this is going to happen, yeah. or whatever. I'm not going to break the news because he asked me not to. Mm-hmm. But if I find out that AC switching helmets from the um, uh, fly guy who was in on the bidding for the helmet, but, you know, ultimately lost out, and they lost out to this up oh, gear, then to me, I'm doing my job in sourcing people out and calling people, you know, because you know how it is. We're on the mm-hmm. phone all day long or a lot of times with people. I just had a 20-minute conversation this morning with a rider that I can't, <laughs> I can't drop any of the news. Right. You know what I mean? He told me all this background stuff. But I know it. And then if, if, so if I hear that through the fly helmet guy, I'll say something because you know what? I was doing my job. That's, in, and, that's and tr- industry hearsay. Yeah, that's, and, yeah. I, and I trust. Now, there's a couple people that tell me stuff that I don't trust. Um, I've gotten – there's a couple people in the industry that are like, hey, man – this is what's going on. And I found out that like they're at a 50% success rate. So ah. I can't go on with this because I don't yep. really trust that guy to know. But if there's, if they're the, if the people I trust are telling me this and let's say I send another text to another guy and verify it, then I go with it. Right. I go with it. I've done my job in the media. And if you're upset too well, bad. that, and that's a good separation. Cause again, when it comes to AC telling you something <clears throat> like that and then not to say, you're obviously going to value your friendship with him over being the first yeah, to the, yeah, what do I care? Being yeah, the first right. to drop it like, on Twitter. He told me himself, like, like I'm not going to be the guy to blow him out on that. Now, I'll text somebody back like that and be like, can I say this publicly? Yeah. You know, and they'll be like, yes, no, or, you know, please don't. And then that's it, man. Right. It's in the vault. I don't say it. But to me, if I'm doing my job as a media guy and I'm texting and talking to other riders and other gear people as an agent's, then that's my job, and if right. I find it out, I find it out. Yeah, that's that, no, that I, makes total that's sense. kind of my philosophy on that. And you my philosophy, I mean? again, is just whenever you yeah, say yeah, it, that's, I say that's, that's, <laughs> So you do the dirty work, um, and you let us all know, there, and then I'll talk about it. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a lot of moto podcasts these days. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Shout out to the DMXS guys for really being the first way back in the day. Uh, and then I like to think I was probably the second, and uh, and then, yeah, it is a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's there's a lot, and... Um, I think it's great that there's so many. I mean, people obviously they're continuing to put out episodes. They're getting enough for it to be worth it to them. So that's there's some fulfillment for the guys that are doing it. Yeah, I feel like a little bit of that is like uh, if you don't hear about my show uh, through, if you don't know about the show, but you find another podcast and you're into that, then maybe mm-hmm. you find my show because you're into podcasts. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. You know? So I and I. And I, I mean, they're popping up all over the place. And all I would suggest to everybody is, is have 
realistic expectations. Because again, I've had mine now for five years. I mean, I'll be transparent. We do eighteen to 20,000 listeners per show, and I make enough money to have a little bit of spending money. I'm not making a living. So yeah. just be realistic with your goals. If you're starting one because you think you're going to make a bunch of money, you you're gonna you have a long way to go, and you be better be prepared to be really broke for all of it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I just that's the only thing for the people that are starting new ones. Just be realistic with what you think it's going to turn into. If it's for fun, yeah, like the way I started it, I started mine purely for fun, and it's been fun. I love yeah. it. We've done two hundred something episodes. I love it. I didn't get into it thinking like I'm going to be making a living off this. So I see a lot of these new ones, and I wonder. Are you doing it for love of sport and fun to hang with your buddies? Or do you think you're going to make a living here? Because, I mean, who's making a living doing podcasts? You? I don't know. Is that it? I don't know. Straight podcasting? Straight. Or or uh, being know, in this lane? I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean. There's not too many. Like, again, Weege yeah. does a million things. So that's yeah. a piece of his whole yeah, pie. Yeah. But th- yeah. this is your empire. Good luck, everybody. It's yeah, not it, probably going to happen. The only thing that I, and this is what the gypsy guy and I were battling over, and this is what I still say this and I still maintain this. Like, if you're a moto guy, I don't know why you'd want to listen to a podcast about the sport from people who are not in the sport. Like, I listen to hockey podcasts. I listen to baseball podcasts. Uh, I listen to comedy podcasts. That's different. That's more of a you know different thing than that. Um, like interviews and celebrity interviews and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I my sports podcastings are guys that are on the beat mm-hmm. they're they're travel with the team they're connected to a newspaper or connected to the team or whatever yep. and those are the guys that I want to listen to because I know they know what's going on mm-hmm. and 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 that's the where I'm at and so my whole thing with like you're at the races every single week I'm at the races every single week JT's at the races you know all the, there's the, the the Michael Lindsay who I imagine will start one at Vital up again he's at the races uh Michael Antonovich, motos, yep. they're they're at the races so if you don't like Mathis, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that I'm the only guy doing it. There's, plenty, there's plenty, mm-hmm. five or six of us that are doing it that are in the trenches every single week. And that's where I, as a hockey guy, baseball guy, I want to go to those guys to mm-hmm. listen. And those are the, so the, we've got those other podcasts that are out there that are making these outrageous claims about the sport and the riders and everything else. And my thinking is, like, why are you listening to those guys if you're a fan? I'm not shitting on those guys, but I guess I'm shitting on those guys. Why, why wouldn't you just want to listen to people that are fucking at the races and right. in the semi-trucks. Well, That's where I got from. It's funny you say that because I, as a Cowboys fan, I love Cowboys podcasts, yes. and I have three that I listen to. Two are every day. Like, they're every day, and it's because they work for DallasCowboys.com. They literally work at the star. Yeah. Like, they have But Steven are you worried Jones about on. not getting the, the real scoop from those guys? Uh, no, because I've actually I'm become friends with one, and I've had to DM this guy, and I've been like, how are you still employed? Like, he goes hard at okay. Jerry, right, at okay. Jerry yeah, Jones, yeah, yeah. and okay. I, there must be some kind of an agreement that says, we want you guys to be are honest. They from a, did they come from another outlet? No, uh, they... no. These are, wow. these are guys that have written and for... And they go hard at Jerry. They go hard at Jerry, Dude. man, and wow. he lets him, and, and the main boss, one of the main bosses, like, who runs all of the yep. media for them is on one of them, and he'll even throw a little shade at Jerry sometimes, and that's why, and that's why okay. I like theirs, yeah, because yeah. I know if you're talking shit on Jerry Jones, yeah. and you're in the building with them, yeah. I'm listening to you because yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. you've, I agree. you've yeah. earned my yeah. trust. Right. There's a third one that I like that might even be better than the other two, but they're just guys that like the Cowboys. And I skip them a lot because it's it's just their opinion, they're, and they're just gonna re they're gonna read you stuff that they read in the newspaper, or yeah, 
or they're just more as an opinion yeah, show yeah, where yeah. it's hard. Yeah. This is what we think after right. watching the game. And then the one I listen to is like, this is what we right. thought after being in the locker room. So yeah. for me, it's that I think where the gypsy thing got mixed up is his whole model is more the Joe Rogan style where it's these long form. They get into some deep life stuff. So he's covering them more personal, long form yeah. personal yeah. where you are like, if I want to know what's going on but, in the sport, I just listen to you because you're on well, but I, I'm, the again, grind. This isn't a thing to blow me because you know what's going on in the sport. Oh, Anton I know. knows what's going on in the sport. I'm not saying it's a Mathis thing. I, there's a, there's plenty of us, not plenty, but there's five of us, six of us that know what's going on in the sport. JT's got a pot, all that. I'm just saying, like, my whole thing with the Gypsy thing was he was on the Supercross Spy Show. So to me, those are the guys that are the ultimate insiders on that show. I'll, 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 and so that's what I want on a show. Now, I know what you're saying about the long-form interviews. And the other fan pot, I mean, Pony. Pony's going to the races. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, and he's trying. He's adding more and more. He's but... trying to do it. Uh, so I don't know, again, just as a baseball and a hockey fan and a, and a football guy, I'm not listening to any shows that I don't know the guys aren't extremely plugged in because I right. want to learn. Right. That's all. No, it that's, makes that's... sense. And that's especially when it comes to sports, it's like that, right? Because everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. But the opinions of the guys in the locker room the, matter yeah. a lot to me, or the opinion of the guy who's in the pits. Yeah. Or Weege. I mean, how, in, in what way could you ever discredit what he knows? He's so intertwined in all of it. Yeah, so no. there's, I know exactly what you're saying. That, that's all. The that's, credibility that's where of, I come from. of the information right. because they're on the ground. Yeah, exactly. That's all where I come from. And, and I certainly have the choice to listen to Toronto Maple Leaf podcasts from two fans, but why, why would I? I'm just a fan of the Leafs just like them. So yeah. give, give me, well, it even made sense when you did your hockey one. You didn't just do it on your own. You had to no, go and yeah. get somebody yeah, who was yeah. legitimate to make it. Because if it's just you, then it's just yeah. a dirt bike guy in Vegas right. who likes hockey's pod. But no, you you went and found a a analyst, an of, analyst yeah, source, no. like a legit source that was yeah. credible. Yeah, he called all the games. He played in the league exactly. For years. The guy so. was the guy's the best. Uh, but you know, JT and Weed were asking me about starting a, a MotoGP podcast for reals. They were, and I'm like, why would we do that? I'm like, we're just fans. We're not at the MotoGP. Why? Why would we talk about MotoGP? Like, I, first of all, I don't know anything. I think about they just it, love it, and I think they I, that's cool. They love it. That's cool. But a lot. what do you guys have that you know that aren't people that are in the pits and they know the team managers and they can text these guys and that's all. That's that's my whole thing. Which so. would be again why you went to Paris. Yeah. Because if you're going to cover it, which we're going to do on the Pulp Show, it's hard to cover it by watching the screen. Yeah, you're, so, you're on the ground with these guys. But, but, I listened to but, your Pulpcast today with all the writers, and to have that information allows you to put on a show and really cover the event. So, yeah, it's 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 it. uh, it's that way. But anyways, uh, good stuff. Uh, what else? We are, we are we good? We talked about no, anything no. else? What do you want to talk about? Should we talk about Cowboys Raiders? Oh, or should we just... That, that game, I mean, I'm Mike. super happy the Raiders won, but both teams gave both the, teams lost. Both dude. teams lost in that one. Yeah, and, and they were trying to give the game away. Like, here, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. It was yeah, an ugly game to watch. And for me, I want the Cowboys to win, but I like to be entertained. There was no entertainment. It was yeah. just a horrible Thanksgiving yeah. game. Yeah. Like, the you, and did you see that that was the most viewed yes. NFL game in regular season? In like. 30 years or something, something like that. And, and imagine if you're Roger Goodell, who probably doesn't really care, but all you're seeing is just yellow flags on like every third play. It was the fifth highest penalty yardage uh, ever. 28, 28 flags? Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, it was, which is boring. That's like in the NBA, if they're just calling fouls every play, there's no rhythm to it. There's no, there's no adrenaline buildup because yeah. every time something gets going, they flag it. And it's yeah, just, it, it's, uh, it was a rough watch for yeah, sure. Yeah, it but, was. But, but my Leafs, uh, 14 out of 16 now. Absolutely rolling. Huh? Very right. happy. They're How about great. the Knights? Uh, they're doing good. Yeah, they, they have a lot of injuries, so their best players haven't played much. 
Okay, just but, checking. I want to make sure Pook's okay. She, Pook's okay. Right. Her, they, she honestly, her enthusiasm for the Knights has gone down because they traded her favorite player away, the goalie, this uh. past off season for cap reasons, and so she is not into it as much. And when we sit down in those seats that, that I purchased, the half season season seats, and she's like, "Let's go home." After, really? After the second period. Uh, I think oh. that, I think that might be the last year of us getting. So you're tickets. on your way out of of the fandom. Where'd the guy go? Uh, Chicago. Yeah. And it was Why don't soft. you move to Chicago? Uh, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, good luck with everything, of course. Thanks for doing this. Um, and uh, thank you to Renthal and Maxis and Cobolinks and Motorsport.com. And, of course, Fly Racing, the official gear of the Blair family. <laughs> wow. Casual wear, at least. Casual wear Casual for wear. both. There's, yeah. no, there's no gear orders coming into our house <laughs> for a while. So. Right. FlyRacing.com. Uh, that's Daniel Blair. I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, hey,